Hey, yo, what it do, man? It's your big homie, Bobby Dollars, man. And uh, we are back with another episode of the Bobby Dollars Show. Hey, today I got a special guest, man. I got the homeboy, the host and creator of Self Shoots from the Hip podcast, Mr. Joshua Self. Um, I listened to a couple of his episodes. I really like what he does. Um, he talks about a lot of things that are really, really cool, man. And um, I kind of am digging his style. And let's see if you do too, man. So, uh, Josh, man, good morning, bro. Uh, uh, how you doing, homie? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. You know, I feel like the uh, the Cinderella team. You know, I'm just happy that I made it. Uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. You hear me? Hey, man, you can't, um, you can't be today when you start to feel like you've accomplished. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, hey, if that's how you feel, man, the more power to you, man, and all the positive energy that you need, I hope you keep on doing your thing. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I see you from Memphis, Tennessee, man, home with Ja Morant, A-Ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey the A-Ball MJG, that's my era. You hear me? Like, <laughs> hey, that's me right there. Yeah, Space Age Memphis, man. How hell yeah. Also, you know, Yo Gotti, Justin Timberlake, Morgan Freeman. You know, it's, it's a whole lot of stars out of... Uh, uh, Tennessee man, um, we won't get into them. We want to talk about the local star right here though. So um, we know it's a lot of history in y'all city, man, and uh, in y'all culture. So tell me though, like, how has life been in your neck of the woods since all the protesting and the unrest and everything has evolved? Man, it's been it's been crazy, you know. Um, when we look at like the entire world, everything that's going on, but then. You know where I live. It's like we had um, a lot of protesting that went on. Right. Um, there was some that you know evolved into riots, and you know eventually that calmed down. There's still protesting. You know we had um, a lot of people who you know have been arrested during the protests. We had um, people drive their cars into the crowd of protesters. Oh, yeah. um, yep, yep. When uh, one person got killed, you know a few people have been you know injured here and there. Um, so there have been, you know, a lot of peaceful protesting where nothing <laughs> happened, but unfortunately there were some incidents where, um, you know, people have been hurt and some people uh, have died, but it's uh, one of those things where it's important, you know, um, for people to show their face, to show solidarity, show yeah. that it's something that is important to us as a as black people, right, but not right. just us as black people, because it's a lot of white folks that are out there too. Yeah, I, and, that, and that shocked me, Josh. I ain't yeah. lying. Like it blew my mind, man. At 43 yeah. years old, I was here for the St. Louis situation with Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've, I've been around for a few other little Rodney King riots and different stuff like that, man. And I've never seen so many white people support, you know, the cause of black people like I have this year. Right. You know what I'm saying? My bad. I ain't mean to interrupt you, but you no, know, man. Um, that's 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 real talk, though. Right. Like having white folks out there changes what it looks like, though. Yeah. Um, and so it's not just black people complaining about something, but it's actually like this is a problem, and other people recognize it's a problem right. and are willing to step in and do something about it. That's awesome. Changing the landscape of things, man. And that's right. That's like um, that's like one of the finer points. That's like one of the things that people don't see. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You, you know how they always say you only see the bigger picture, but you don't pay attention to the pieces that created it. And right. that's that's absolutely that. 
You know what I'm saying? It really is. Yeah. So have you um, been out protesting or have you been involved in any way? Like, and it's not to say you supposed to or nothing like that, because honestly, I haven't. Like I said, I did all of that with the Mike Brown thing, you know, back in uh, 2014. Was it 14 or 2009? I don't remember, man. It was a long time. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Um, have you been out there, though? So I did not. um, And originally, like, I was planning to, but... You know, some things came up that um, I hadn't really considered before in the way that um, it would impact me. Um, I was married recently, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, And so having that in the background, you know, um, me putting myself in harm's way, potentially, you know, like uh, to go out and protest, like there's no guarantee that I can come back home safely. Yeah. Like, there's a chance of me getting injured. Yeah. Um, there's a chance of me being arrested. There's a chance of me dying. Big facts. Um, and so when I had originally made a decision, it just didn't really occur to me the impact that it, it could possibly have on my wife, you know? Yeah. Like that if I come, or I, I might not come back the same way I left, you know? Yeah. Um, so I opted uh, to not go for mainly for those reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, it wasn't a question of like one person being right or one person being wrong, you know? Cause I, I could see, you know, exactly where she was coming from. Yeah, yeah. Um, and her not wanting to to risk me and my livelihood, you know? Yeah. So instead, you know, I, I invited some people onto my show, um, people who had uh, been protesting and whatnot. Um, we discussed that. I, mean, I tried to, you know, put some messages that way, even if I didn't necessarily put myself on the front line. Man, if that's your lane, bro, if that's your, if you use your platform and that's your lane, then that's what's up, man. You stay in your lane. You ain't, you like, like, I always say to my godson and I always say to my family, man, all the time, like, every decision that you make don't just affect you. It affects your whole right. entire immediate circle. That can mm-hmm. your kids, your wife, your your husband, your family, just whatever, whoever's in your immediate circle that depends on you every day, every decision that you make affects them. So you don't owe the world no explanation or a reason why you make the decisions you make. You just have to make sure that every decision you make is going to benefit everybody in the long run because I might sound sexist saying it, but because you're the man of the house, you know what I'm saying? Like, Like when you gone, everybody's still gonna focus on the things that you did and the stuff that you said. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Especially if they children involved. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, man, like, you do what you do, and you do it to the best of your capabilities. And if that means jumping on a podcast and talking to some pro-black uh, protesters and people that, that might just want to get on there and shout, I hate white people, hey, man, open them doors and let them come on in. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like it's love everywhere, and that's, that's the whole point of it all, man. So, you know, that's why I asked, because I, I figured, you know, like, uh, it's always a backstory. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's always going to be a reason why. So that's why I was like, you know, if you have, you have, then cool. If you haven't, you haven't, even better. Shit, save yourself. Shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like walking dead right now. Rick, save yourself, goddamn yeah. like, Don't you get out there playing shit. <laughs> hey, real talk, man. But <clears throat> so the next thing, man, like, uh, so you are the host and creator of Self Shoots from the Hip Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about your show, bro. Man, so 
uh, I mostly talk about black culture and you know pop culture and um, you know, like great stuff in between. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I started the show. Um, this has been almost two years now. There were a lot of things that are happening, you know, in, in the media, or whatever, where um, police were being called on black people for basically just being there, you know. Yeah. Um, like there was the the girl in the the Harvard dormitory where she was just asleep. Right. You know, somebody yeah. called the police on her. Um, you know, there were security guards who were doing their jobs, and police showed up and killed the security guard right. um, instead of the person that was, you know, shooting someone else in the club or whatever. Yeah. And so. I wanted to be able to talk about those things, but um, my girlfriend at the time um, was a, a white woman. Okay. And she was always just like, like why does everything got to be about race? And to me, I'm like, everything isn't about race, but sometimes it is. That was, you know? that was guilt, bro. Like, sometimes you just got to let shit go in one ear and out the other, man. Like, love is love. I get that part. But at the same time, like you say, man, you fight for your culture. So be that the case, you know. Um, the only time people want to know why the only the only reason most people that are in your corner ask why is because they either a thief or a liar you know what I'm saying and they, they want to know a reason why they in trouble they want to know a reason why you even searching and finna figure the shit out for them mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so you know I always said that like to my wife in the beginning I would be like man don't question my motives don't, don't question who I am as a man you know either disagree and agree to disagree or you know, jump on board. But at the same time, you know, as a man, you got to do what you got to do. And then you got to stay 10 toes down. You can't, you know, even if it's a bad decision, you got to stand by it. You know what I'm saying? That's just the focal point. So I get, I get what you're saying. And I see why you said my ex. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. makes, that makes absolute sense. You hear me? <laughs> yeah. So like, I started the show because I wanted to have conversations about things that were going on and I couldn't have them, uh, with you know my girl at the time yeah yeah um, that's, that's, so that's big that's big you know, i've been doing it for a while and you know, i talked about a range of, of topics not just about um things happening to the black community but yeah it's been it's been a good road like I, i've enjoyed it i've learned a lot um i've met a lot of people um i met a few people in person uh, that I didn't know before and you know obviously meet a lot of people online and that kind of thing. Oh yeah yeah the community is huge. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been it's been great. Um like I my podcast is hosted by Buzzsprout. Okay. And they actually um pay for me to go to uh, Podfest yeah. in Orlando um last year and and it was uh, um it was a informative experience, you know, it was not like anything I expected. I mean, I'd never been to anything like that before. Um, and I, you know, met a lot of people that also did podcasts. Like basically everyone there had a podcast, right. Um, right. Okay. you know, so you just learn information about equipment and, you know, where to, to store your podcast and, um, you know, how to get it off the ground you know, sound and all, all that stuff. Like it was just a lot of information and it, it was a, an overall, you know, good experience, you know. That's what's up. Um, Orlando's cool. Like I never been there before. Um, it, I don't know if I'd go there again, but it, it was cool. <laughs> hey man, I don't never want to go back to Florida because I went to uh, Orange Beach with my wife, man, on a vacation. Yeah. 
and um, you just so close to a hurricane all the time, bro. Like, like <laughs> it's, uh, it's unsettling for me because I can't swim. So I'm yeah. never, but I ain't gonna lie, man. I will go to Orlando right now just for that NBA bubble, man. They can, mm-hmm. they can uh, COVID my nose. They can do all that shit, man. Just let me in the bubble, homie. I'm, I'm trying to go watch some games. Right, right. <laughs> you know, but that's just me though, man. But um, hey, you know, um, I listened to an episode of uh, one one of your episodes on your podcast, I listened to the one uh, that really got me, like the one that I liked the most out of the three that I listened to was Fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, that was a very interesting episode to me, man, uh, because I myself have been a father for 22 years now. Yeah. Um, I agree with Matt. It's, it's a huge change, man, and it impacts your life. It really, really impacts your life. You know what I'm saying? And... Um, being a dad, man, people have to understand, man, first and foremost, being a parent, there is no instruction manual. There is no degree or measure of parenting that you have to follow and be as good as, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you, you're only going to be as good as your own parents, you know, and you have to, you know, you have to aspire to be better than them. And and that's, that's how the parenting evolves. But you can't actually... Um, sit back and and actually think that uh being a parent you know what i'm saying or being a dad that you're going to experience the stuff that you experience and actually know what you're doing and can figure it out right away so i loved it like that was a that was a good episode for me man because i've been going through it and i've been a nominal a very nominal part of my son and my daughter's life i haven't been one of those dads that just stop by on the weekends and all that shit like every time they go to sleep and wake up i'm here Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and it's been like that for 22 years. My daughter will be 19 next month. My son will be 22 next month. So we, uh, you know, what I'm saying we've been doing the full parenting thing. Me and my wife. Yeah, yeah. So are you a, are you a father? I am not. Okay. Um, you know, we we're working on it, and that's what's, that's what's up. That's what's up. I imagine one of these tries will take, but um, not there yet. I, it's um. It's a long, hard, grueling process, man. It really is. Like, it ain't shit you can shake a stick at. I promise you that. Are you talking about like the like just getting pregnant or like having the kid? Just the whole, the whole shebang, bro. Yeah. From the time you unbuckle your damn belt to the time you're <laughs> in the hospital, like, yeah, baby, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, like the whole shebang. You hear me? It's, it's a long, hard, grueling ride, man, because you always got to make sure that your focus is there. Mm-hmm. As a man, number one, you got to make sure your focus is there. You have to be a man. You got to own up to your own responsibilities. You got to take accountability. You got to be able to, to say you wrong when you wrong. Like, you got to straight be a man, and that's number one. Now, once you do that, that's when you earn all the respect that you you vying for from the woman that's laying next to you every night. Right. Once, you, once you do that shit, bro, and y'all can make that shit work to a pattern to where y'all routine is always developmental. You know, like y'all don't mind experiencing this and experimenting with that and trying this and figuring that out. Once y'all always open to that, then the parenting becomes fun. The pregnancy becomes fun. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just coming to the crib is fun. But, yeah. you know, but once you start to develop a routine of stagnance, like where you just sitting still all the time and doing the same shit over and over and over, then it becomes a chore and nine times yeah. out of ten. Uh, you, you, you're right. 
I mean, so it's it's just it's just one of them things, man. So being a dad, man, once you finally get that opportunity, bro, man, like it's 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 crazy, man. Like it, it makes me smile, bro, because I can play back all the things in my head of all the years of me coaching and I mean in and out of town, taking my son on recruit trips, you know, uh, going to my soccer, my daughter's soccer games, um, shit, man, training, you know, uh, <laughs> like just whooping ass, just all kinds yeah. of <laughs> just all I'm kinds looking of forward shit. to it, you know. You know um, I definitely don't want to go into it, you know, and take it lightly, yeah. but I am looking forward to it, though. Yeah, that's what's up, man. And as long as you keep that attitude, man, and you always stay positive but stay firm, like, you will have the best child that you could ever grow, man. And I think, um, I want to say the one thing that you could do right now to prepare you and to make you patient and to make you able to deal with your child, start a small garden. Something small, start from... Uh, like, I, um, I think it was, like, two weeks ago, we got some... uh some cacti yeah. um we started a little um in-home little, uh greenhouse or whatever um i'm just like looking i'm like why it ain't grown yet you know Man, hey hey that's that's it right there bro that's it it's actually it's actually watching a life grow and develop mm-hmm. but the thing about the plants is it's a uh, 60 to depending upon what it is it's a 60 to 200 day process versus a 22 or 21 or 18 year process right right so what i'm saying i say all that to say if you get a small garden something that's going to develop a vegetable or a fruit like a pepper or a tomato or something like that and you start it from a seed it's just like planting your seed you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you watch that grow. And every day you check on that plant. Once you finally see it sprout, then it's born. Once you see it getting taller, it's growing. Once you start seeing the tomatoes grow, it's developing, it's evolving. Once you start seeing the colors change, it's getting smarter. It's understanding what it needs to do for harvest. It's like once you finally start watching all of that and developing a patience, you will enjoy watching your kid grow because you got to be patient. It's going to take years for them to learn how to talk and walk and, and comprehend the same way that you do and all of that. I like once I had my kids and my daughter, like my, I got my daughter finna turn 19. She grown now. So she don't really be tripping off me like that. So me having my garden and cutting grass and landscaping and all that, man, just watching all that stuff and, and everything, it puts that parenting back in me because I love watching my fruit grow and my my, yeah. my tomatoes develop and my peppers and my squash. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love seeing all of that, man. So it, it just really calmed me down and made me hella peaceful. You know what I'm saying? Made me not tranquil, but, you know, just hella calm, just real chill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Less like um, how big is your garden? Well, the one I got now, because in the home that I'm at, I'm renting. <clears throat> I'm not buying just yet. So I got a small one. It's a 10 by 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 10 by it's a 10 by 10 foot garden and it's eight feet tall. And uh, it's closed in with uh, with insect screen and uh, chicken wire. So that way can't no rabbits or no squirrels or nothing. get through. Yeah. You know, and then I did the same thing to the top. Well, I'm still working. I'm still finishing it. I keep having to stop because I keep having to get surgery on my hands. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, that's probably what I think I would want to do is to build it where it has like the screen or whatever, so you can keep bugs and stuff out. Yeah, 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 yeah. and you can grow in containers. Like on my front porch, I got two giant twenty-gallon uh, totes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them is full of uh, different peppers and uh, onions and stuff, and the other one is full of tomatoes and potatoes. You know, just a couple carrots. You know, like I just I just grow stuff because I know we like to eat. But then at the same yeah. time, this is my blueprint for um, this. This is my blueprint for whenever I finally move into my house next year, mm-hmm. and I get ready to set my garden up. I already know what I need. I already know what I need to do. I already have it all in my head and I can just run right through it. So yeah. right now at this rental property I'm at, I'm basically just creating a blueprint for myself. So when I actually move next year, I can create my ultimate garden and do my farmer's market. It's going to be a nonprofit farmer's market for my little community and my neighborhood. So <clears throat> that's what I'm working on with that. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's pretty cool, man. But, you know, like I say, all of that, man, it just pertains into being patient, learning to watch stuff grow, learning to be involved. Right. That's all. Feeding it, watering it, taking care of it. You know, that's about the half of it, you know, and I think you'll enjoy all that shit. You know what I'm saying? I think you will. <laughs> yeah, like my, my wife's uh, been really digging into, you know, trying to start a garden and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's something that I think has a lot of benefits. You know, she wants to you know, eat healthy and all that kind of stuff. And so yeah. being able to to raise your own food or whatever, uh, or grow your own food, I should say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I think the one thing that it helped me and my wife with back when we were much younger, because like in October, I'll be married 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, so when we were much younger in our relationship and I was doing the gardening thing back in 2012, I had container gardens on my back patio. I had a covered patio. So I didn't have to worry about like getting out in the sun and the rain and everything. My plants and everything were covered. So I got to a point to where I started planting like irises and orchids and lilies and different stuff like that. And when me and my wife would get upset with each other or we would be pissed off or we would be having a bad day or something, I go into the garage, give her her gloves, get some shears, get some different stuff, rake and everything out, and we'll just straight go to the to the garden, mm-hmm. plant some stuff, put some mulch down, just different shit, man. And by the time we done, whatever argument we had or however we was feeling, whatever negative energy was there, it's gone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything be cool. So you'll be surprised how serene it can be for the both of y'all if y'all sharing that moment together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like having something to do together that you can both enjoy it accounts for a lot yeah it do man it really do and it keep like i say it keep y'all calm and give y'all patience and all of that shit you know what i'm saying when you got mm-hmm. patience, when you got when you got a whole ton of patience you're less likely to trip off of what somebody else is doing right you see what i'm saying like when you when you impatient and ain't got number time on your hands it, it leads to an idle mind and then that idle mind normally creates scenarios and all kinds of stories in in your head <laughs> and yeah. then before you know it y'all arguing about some shit that neither one of y'all know nothing about <laughs> mm-hmm. you be arguing about a tv show you know what i'm saying so <laughs> <laughs> but uh hey man real talk moving to the next one though man so uh how do you normally choose your topics and uh like do you like go for more trending topics that's happening in the world right at that moment or do you just like speak off of some of your like life experiences um, I usually look at what are the things that are trending right now. Um, I think it's easier to start a conversation with someone 
about stuff that they're likely to be aware of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as we've seen, you know, um, historically, like things that are happening now have kind of happened already and have kind of happened before that. You know, things tend to recur. It's like there aren't really new stories. You know, it's just new characters in those stories. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and so I'm able to talk about things in my own life and things that are happening now and then more abstract ideas. You know, you're able to, to tie them all together because stuff repeats. You know, boy meets girl. And, you know, we, we've seen this story a hundred thousand times by now. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, and, you know the impact of like capitalism and um people being money hungry and greedy like that's not a new story like that's been around since the beginning of time basically man since the reagan era you sound right <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i think like when we look at um even things that might be trending there's usually some tie-ins and stuff that happened before um and i like to give my friends um a chance to promote themselves sometimes so like i've had people that you know are doing like the the twitch streaming or have their own podcast um i've had several people who are you know up and coming music artists and whatnot on my show and just give them a chance to speak about their products and uh give them a chance to promote themselves yeah i like that that's 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 cool man that's what makes the community the community you know what i'm saying when mm-hmm. when you know that you don't have to actually depend on nobody because everybody is there for you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's that's awesome. That's that's some again, like I keep referencing to uh The Walking Dead because I've been watching this shit <laughs> for like the last week now. I've been binge watching it, but that's like, you know, putting the communities together like Alexandria and the Hilltop and all of them. So, you know, I'm with that man. Hey, that's a good play, you know what I'm saying? That's that's awesome. I, I like that. So do you make your show more so um, this is my opinion and I'm just stating the type show or are you more so on the interview like guest type of thing? Um, I guess both. Okay. Like I, I've interviewed people. Um, I try to uh, create this show to where it becomes like an actual conversation and not just, all right, here's question A. Right. Here's question B. Yeah, yeah, I'm on. Um, I like that. Yeah, I'd rather be a dialogue, but sometimes it doesn't quite get to that point, you know. Um, especially if it's like someone that I don't actually know, like in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, people can be a little bit standoffish when you're first talking to them. Um, it takes a while to warm up. Right. But um, either you know beforehand or afterhand, I'll you know add my own thoughts or whatever, uh, depending on how the conversation went. Right. But I definitely tried to get my opinion in there and uh, my guest's opinion in there, um, if I have a guest. So, okay. uh, if it's solo, then obviously it's all my own thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I have a problem, man. Like, I I don't know, man. Like, I don't like doing solo podcasts. Like, I will sometimes, if it's one of those things where something just happened and I'm like, oh, hell no, nah. I'm finna jump on this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then it might be one of them, but I feel like I'm talking to myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like the back and forth. I like the rhetoric. I like being able to speak and, and get a response and then being able to respond to Um, So I guess my podcast, like you said, is more of a conversational thing than um, kind of more talk show-ish, I guess, but more of, yeah. a, more of a conversational thing than just me jumping on, ranting and raving or just 
talking bad about people or cursing people out like mm-hmm. sometimes I like the positive energy like I have other ones that I'm going to do today and um I like to get to know and make you feel comfortable you know what I'm saying like I, I get what you're saying because I've done interviews with people and I'd be like I don't want to talk to this crazy moment <laughs> I'm like what the fuck <laughs> so yeah. yeah I definitely get it man people got to make you feel comfortable when it comes to mm-hmm. you know this type of shit for real yeah, it's it's a weird. We in a weird time right now, man. We in a real, real weird time. A lot of sick and twisted ass people with nothing to do. So I get it. Stand off is just good sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, I've only had a couple where um, the overall conversation. I was just like, this seems unusual because like, I didn't really know that person that well, and I assumed that they were within the range of what I would consider like average or normal, you know, and then they end up being like outside of that. And it's like, uh, you know, yeah. I don't hate you, you know, but <laughs> this conversation is actually bad. Um, and some people are just not good at talking and it's not necessarily their fault. You know, everybody's not good at everything. Yeah. Just my um, person, right? Then I wonder like why they have a podcast if you're not good <laughs> at talking. So I, I don't know. See, look, I'm rubbing off on you already, bro, because I'm always looking for the logical standpoint. It's like, it's like, why in the hell we got handicapped spaces at a roller rink? Like, these niggas ain't finna put no skates on. Like, I need that space, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of how I'm normally feeling sometimes. So I, I, I get you. I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> oh, I think we froze up. Yeah, so I get it, man. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. So, all right. So, uh, last couple questions, man. I ain't gonna keep you all day. You know, uh, it's it's been a great conversation so far. So, you know, I don't mind rapping with you. But let's see. Um, dig deep, man. Like, go far back in your head, bro. Like, tell me a real short story on an instance that made you who you are today. Uh, maybe who I am today. This it's a lot of them. Um, I mean, we could talk about you know heartbreak. Uh, you know, you'll get your, your feelings thrown in the dirt. Um, you know, that kind of thing led me to you know my wife now. Um, but I would say one instance that really stuck out in my mind. Um, it was the first first time like I, I saw it and, and I, I felt it. I was um, in basically middle of nowhere, Tennessee. Okay. Um, I, I met this girl online or whatever, and I drove out to see her, you know, to do, do our thing for the weekend or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm on the way back home. Uh, and so I had to stop at a gas station because it was like it was like a five hour drive or something. And oh, you drove five hours for some ass? Holy uh, cow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, Josh. <laughs> uh, desperate times call for desperate. Hey, man, I ain't mad at you, bro. <laughs> I didn't say I don't condone it. I just was shocked that, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you do what you got to do sometimes. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I had to get some gas. Um, So it, it's like... One in the afternoon, yeah. um, you know, when I looked at my watch, it was like one twelve. 
and it's broad daylight. Um, I was wearing a, a lime green polo and some khakis. Um, at the time, I was about 150 pounds. All right. So, like, I'm, I'm very far from intimidating, right? And as I'm walking into the gas station, there's, you know, several of the people, you know, pumping gas and doing whatever they do at gas stations, you know. And this middle-aged white lady and her daughter are walking out the gas station. And as she sees me, there's this look of fear on her face. Wow. Um, and so she grabbed her daughter and kind of tucked her daughter behind her. Um, you know, to like shield her daughter from me. And I'm looking at her and I'm stunned because like we're in a public place. There are other people here. It's the middle of the day, it's broad daylight. And I'm like the least threatening person on the planet. You know, um, I'm like a lime green polo and I'm like 150 pounds. Like I'm a featherweight, you know? Um, and she's terrified, you know, it's like, I hadn't really experienced that before. I'm like, why is this woman afraid of me? And I'm just not an intimidating person at all. And it's like, I understand that because, uh, a lot of white people don't understand black people because they never have interaction with black people that it's very easy for a white person to feel fear in the presence of a black person right but it was just crazy because i just never had seen it in my own life you know like i knew it existed but i hadn't ever seen it with my own two eyes right and then seeing it is just like i mean all right i mean i know it's a real thing but i just hadn't seen it before it's one of them wake-up calls yeah yeah i mean like as a black man we all gonna have them bro mm-hmm I guess the only plus behind that I can say is at least in that wake up call, you was able to go back home. Right, right. So, I mean, most of the time in in those kind of instances, bro, like I ain't no, I ain't one of them black racist type. Like I ain't one of them kind of guys that be like white people, this white people that it's the white man stop me. Like I ain't that type of dude, man, because I'm gonna be absolutely honest with you. It ain't not a white, black, Mexican, Chinese, uh, purple alien that, work that target can stop me from doing shit I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't trip off of all of that color crap. And plus not only that, I own a business and I'm in the process of owning something as big as a clothing brand. So I can't be that judgmental to where I have to look at a person's skin color and divide myself out of the I agree. You know, like it's just a business thing. But at the same time, I definitely understand, man, because I've had my wake up call and it presses a lot of buttons, bro. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 it forces you to open up parts of you that you didn't even know was there. You know right. what I'm saying? Like you can be one of the calmest, most chill people. Like you can hang with white people every day. You could have grew up in a white neighborhood. Everybody know you know your name. You laugh, eat dinner at a couple white people's houses. You know what I'm saying? And then you never trip off of it. You was biased to it your whole childhood and teenage years. And when you become a young adult, you're 22, 23 years old and you go somewhere else and it happens. It's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like somebody dropped a, a brick on your foot. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you seen the brick falling, you knew it could happen, but you just didn't move away fast enough. And now it's thriving and it won't stop. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? So I, I had that that feeling, man, that inner beast that want to choke every damn body I see, walk past me today, you know, and it didn't get me nowhere. It just made me an angry ass dude. That's how I was just yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you did the right thing by, you know, just living your life, man. And you just got to let life happen, man. Like, it ain't nothing you can do about it. Like, you can't get pissed off over shit you can't control. You know? Yeah, it was just a, an interesting experience for me. Um, and, you know, talking to black men, it's like we all had a similar experience, you know? And I think that's the part that's so upsetting. It's like, damn, like we didn't all been through this type of shit. You know, yeah. somewhere, sometime we, we all had a similar experience, you know? Yeah. Um, and it just, at one point, like I knew that racism existed and I knew that there were people that were racist out there, but because it never happened to me, it was like, it, it didn't feel as real, you know? But then when it happens to you, it's like, like, damn, like I'm not even doing anything. Yeah. Um, you know, for the longest there was this, this rhetoric that if you dress a certain way, then you're perceived as a threat, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. if you're, you know, wearing baggy clothes or your pants are sagging or something like that, then now it's like you're dressed like a thug in quotation marks. Yeah. Um and so when it happened to me and I'm like not dressed like that at all, it's like, well, I don't get it. And you know, when an, I talk like I don't talk like, um, you know, someone that's uneducated or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so when you take those types of things, and it's like it ultimately doesn't even matter what I talk like. It doesn't matter what I dress like or anything like that. I'm just going to be seen as a black man walking down the street. Yeah. You know, the first time I had a police officer uh, pull up on me and say that I fit the description, you know, of a suspect from, of a robbery. Yeah. And at that time I was like 130 pounds, you know, I'm like, I fit the description? Like, yeah. how? I'm an itty bitty guy, you know? Um, it was my senior year of high school. Um, you know, I graduated high school like 135 pounds. Like I was, like I've always been like a, a smaller guy, right? Yeah. And I was in Atlanta, um, my parents went to a museum and I didn't really want to go to the museum. And so they're like, fine, you can just like, like walk the block, whatever, right? Right, right. And I was like, okay, cool. And not even like five minutes as I was walking, the police pulled up and it's like, um, you know, like, where are you from? Like, you fit the description of this guy over here, whatever, like, what are you doing here? All this kind of stuff. Um, and I'd never had that experience happen to me before. And it was like, I'd heard of this kind of thing, but I just didn't ever feel like it would happen to me. Yeah. You know, um, I was in Nashville once, went to a store, and basically the employees refused to assist me. Uh, I was with my friend, and like when I walked in, there was a white lady at the back who was basically looking like a deer caught in headlights. And you could just tell that she was terrified. Yeah. Um, I'm like, it's, it's a mall. Like, this is a public place, yeah. you know? And she's not the only employee in there. And it's like, how is this person so afraid of me? 
Um, and I told my friend I was gonna fuck with her. And so basically I asked her, I was like, can you uh, help me with the ties, you know? Um, but she didn't move. Like, like she was like stuck in place. She was that scared that she couldn't move. Um, and so there's another male employee in there and another female employee in there. Um, so the other female employee gave us assistance even though I really didn't need it. Um, but it was one of those things that just sticks with you. And it's like, I can't believe that this woman is terrified in, in a public place. Yeah. You know, as, as a man, I often had to be, you know, cognizant of where I am in relation to other women. So if I'm say, you know, walking down the street and it's just me and another woman and it's like nighttime, I try to hang back because I can understand how that could make her very uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, if you're just like walking down the street and it's dark, whatever, yeah, she might feel uncomfortable, whether she's white or black, you know? Right. It's just, it's a man, like, walking up behind me or something, and it's dark outside. You know, um, things like that, we just try to not make women uncomfortable by your presence. But these were situations where it's, you know, daytime, it's public places and everything, and they're still afraid. And it's just very clear that it's because I'm a black man. Yeah, and yeah, nothing absolutely. more. Absolutely, man. It's it's crazy, man. Like I was taught years and years ago by my people that a lot of those people that do that kind of stuff are trained to do that. That shit comes from within the home. One hundred percent. Like they're trained to do that. Like that shit doesn't happen to me before, bro. Like I'd be walking into Schnooks or Walmart or some shit like that. And a white lady, she could be my age, middle age. She could be young. She could be old, whatever. She grab a person, hold her arms real tight, just stand mm-hmm. there and just, just stand there. Don't move. Looking like, looking like she's shaking and shit. And then what it is, is it's an intimidation factor. It's like, she's intimidating you. You're not intimidating her because what's going to wind up happening is you're going to look at what she's doing and then you'll start to have a concern, a general concern, which can create like a nervous sweat, a twitch, a, um, a different look in your posture or anything, mm-hmm. anything that'll make the people around them look like you're actually doing something to her because she's frozen and not moving and you looking like looking around like, well, well you all right? What's, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, so now the whole thing has changed from you being a concerned citizen to you being the angry black man trying to hurt this woman because she's taught to to create that fear mm-hmm. and now it's rubbed it's like this person that person what's going on is everything okay what happened you and you like man i ain't did nothing now now you really look like a suspect right because you're trying to speak up for yourself and, and here come the police and now 10 white people standing there like well when I came in she was standing there clutching her purse and worried and he's he was hovering mm-hmm. over her and you know and now the whole story done changed and it's like this is the contingents that we have to deal with when it comes to the whole situation because if you're concerned you're in trouble if you're not concerned you're in trouble um, if you're smaller and more fragile and look less of a threat to these people you're going to be the threat for these people to act the way that they want to act so like you said you look so less intimidating you 150 or 130 you 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 don't look like you could hurt nobody you got a lime green shirt on you was the perfect target 
You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if I would have walked in, me, I'm 5'9", 260 pounds. You know what I'm saying? I'm a big dude. She ain't finna try that shit with me because she too, actually, she's too afraid that I might actually hit her or I look angry or I look mean. He got a lot of tattoos. He might've just got out of the penitentiary. I'm not fucking with him. But you, calm, chilling, ain't got a care in the world. She'll create that drama and that scene around so that way it's easier for people to yeah. think, you know, you're a threat. Motherfucker like me, they ain't gonna, they ain't gonna bother me half the time. And and a lot of white folks say that to me. Well, God, shit, man, you look so angry and so mean. Shit, nobody wants to just fuck with you for no reason. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I ain't did nothing to nobody. I'm just going to go get some milk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But it's just an intimidation factor, and it's always been like that. You ever looked at the the old black movies and? It'd be the black guy that escaped from a slave and he's scared to death and he passed through a house and it's a white woman sitting on the porch and, and he's stopping and she'd be, what are you doing? Wait a minute. She done got his attention now and she acting like she want to help. And then when Joe Bob come around the corner, she, oh my God, oh, look at, look at what happened. This, that, and the other. And, and now they, they finna string Joe Bob up. They done caught him. She done deterred, done turred him. He ain't been able to keep running because he thinking she finna help and it's just crazy, bro. And it's been like that all our lives. Even when we in the mall or anything, if a white right. woman, if a white woman say something crazy, you turn around and look, <laughs> you just, you, you want to know what the, um, <clears throat> Like before uh, the news of like Ahmaud Arbery broke and everything, there was the um, incident with Amy Cooper yeah. um, up in New York or whatever at uh, Central Park. <clears throat> so like that was like, I feel like the beginning of this current era of like Black Lives Matter, where um, the lady was basically like fake tears, fake crying, or whatever, on the phone trying to get the police to come up there and help her. Right, right. Um, and we've had several videos showing this type of behavior where um, a white woman who's not actively being threatened by a black person, but she is acting like she is. Um, and the idea is that like I want the police to come to my rescue and basically kill this black person, you know. I just didn't I just say that? That's right. What, that's how they do, man. It's the same slave movies and all of that shit. And they ride in on them horses and they wind up hanging that nigga because mm -hmm. because he got stopped, he got detained by some bullshit that this white woman on. And it's the same thing that happens right now today. Karen pull her phone out, get the acting crazy. He threatening me. Oh, he gonna kill me. I'm scared. Next thing right. you know, here come the police swooping in and and now homeboy on the ground. They got guns out shit happening. It's the same thing. It's a 360 degree ball. It sounds like I be talking gibberish, but then you have to put the two and two together because all I'm speaking is the logical points. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know what I'm saying? And that's all it is. It's that uh -huh. exact they 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 desensitize the shit, man, by putting it in every other movie that you look at that come on in February and all that bullshit, and then you're less afraid of the situation. That's why now when you see these Karens and all that shit, you seeing the Karens because now niggas ain't running away no more. They pulling their phones out now. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? And they mm -hmm. film, they filming her. She's supposed to be filming him and, and making him scared. He's so desensitized from seeing it on Twitter the last four days. Now he just said, fuck that. I'm finna whip my phone out, bitch. You ain't finna, you know what I'm saying? And Right, right. And now it's it, crazy though. Like it's not working see, no more. There's no threat 
at all and, and they're still just like this let me pretend to be scared let me uh pretend to be in fear for my life or whatever you know yeah, yeah mom. people catching on bro people starting to wake up they starting to catch on like all them mm-hmm. all them little intricate games and stuff that's always been played our entire lives are starting to they starting to be exposed now you know what i'm saying yeah. and and i guess we can owe it all to the cell phone you know what I'm yeah, saying? Man. Like, because the phone is, that they, they, phone be on, boy. <laughs> it can change the game completely. So. I be thinking cats walking around with a GoPro on their head just because, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, damn, how he even know dude was over there? He got a GoPro on. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Like, damn, hey, it's crazy, man. But I guess yeah. we, we need to be thankful for that simply because yeah. so many things are starting to be exposed. Like I can only imagine, you know, growing up in like my my parents' era or even my you know my grandmother's era, how things were, you know, um, because they didn't have you know a phone where they could record something happening, you know, at at you know, just at will. Just wait, what'd you say? Hold on, all right, I'm for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, like they just didn't have that. Like that's why Rodney King was such a big deal because black people knew that police brutality was a thing. But it never been captured on film before, right? And so seeing it on film happen, it's like, bro, like this is fucked up. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the world can see how fucked up it is. <laughs> hey, but you know what's crazy though? I don't mean to cut you off, Josh, but you know what's crazy, man? Every time, I don't want to. I really don't want to say this. Every time America unveils something. America tries to desensitize America from itself. Mm-hmm. So the situation isn't that bad. So now it's like after the Rodney King thing, just like you said, and people started actually noticing, like you said, they started coming out with TV shows like Cops and Live PD and all of this shit. So that way you can watch it on TV and root for the police. And then when the shit is happening in the neighborhoods and all of that kind of stuff, you like, I wonder what this motherfucker did to get shot because mm-hmm. on Live PD, they always be, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we so focused on media and TV and telephones and all that type of shit that they can sneak anything in on our ass and we'll believe it within a, a split second because it, it done got 15,000 likes on Twitter in the last hour. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy, man. Like exactly what you said, bro. It's absolutely nuts. And it's hard to understand, man. It's hard to put two and two together right now. Yeah, they, you know they tend to be very, very selective over what they show on uh, Cops and LiPD. So it is live, but it's not really live. Like they... Um, depending on the outcome of the uh, interaction between the police and the, the suspects or whatever, they'll decide to air it or not. They switch gears, bro. Like, I don't know if this will make sense to you. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I talk I talk a lot of shit, Josh. <laughs> but they switched gears. What they did was, because cops ran for 20 years, and a bunch of the time, cops was about them catching a lot of niggas. You know what I'm saying? Catching a lot of black folks in Baltimore, um, small rural areas, the boroughs in New York, Mm -hmm. you know, little spots like that, where they were straight catching a bunch of black people. It got so overwhelming that they had to create something like Live PD and cut cops off 
because 80% of your quote unquote arrests have been African Americans, Latinos, and you know, brown people. So they had to do live PD, and live PD now is in the redneck areas, as the white people call it. And you see a lot of white folks on meth and on drugs and all that because they're trying to balance out this equation. Mm-hmm. But the sneak disc, the, the diss track, the sneak disc is that they moved all those niggas to first 48. Right. So, so now all Tulsa and, and Dallas and all these people, they got these fools snitching on each other now and then upgraded. They done leveled up. The police ain't, They. it's like they slapped us in the face. It's like they said, since y'all complain so much about us locking up black people on TV, we gonna show y'all how to make black people snitch on each other on TV and make y'all hate each other and, and feel like we less reliable and less loyal because you're seeing actual homeboys snitch on each other and girlfriends snitch on boyfriends and you know what I'm saying like right, right. they showing hood politics where homeboys is killing homeboys and they they got it all so intertwined that now you know it's so it's just like a desensitizing thing man I keep saying that and, and maybe I'm wrong I don't know but they sneaked this us bro they, they, they took the niggas off of cops and shut cops down made live PD and talked about the white people that they don't care about that they call trash and rednecks and all that type of shit and then put niggas on a whole nother network and then put us on a whole nother level <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying that's the crazy part like, like white people are quick to disassociate themselves from what they call you know white trash or whatever you know just like right, right. folks don't represent us you know um, whereas like a black person you basically gotta re- represent all black people everywhere you go yeah yeah and and the funny thing is is everybody ain't black you know what I'm saying like Jamaicans consider themselves to be Jamaican Haitians from Haiti consider themselves to be Haitians you know what I'm saying Brazilians consider themselves to be from Brazil it don't be like uh, all of them are just African American <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's it's not like that. Like right, even, right. Like even here in America, if you if you want color, they consider you to be African American. It's like on a, on any applications, they say, "Are you black or Hispanic?" Them the only two they trip off of. They don't say mm-hmm. Brazil. They don't say Brazilian, African, Haitian, uh, Puerto Rican, uh, Philippine. They don't they don't say none of that shit. They say, "Are you Caucasian? Are you Latin?" slash black <laughs> you know what I'm saying like like they 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 could put African American not Hispanic and then they put yeah. you know what I'm saying then they put Latin or Hispanic not African American so it's that's like, a whole conversation right there though like man. the fact that you can be Latin but be black or be Latin but be white that, I, it's crazy bro and it's like they pick and choose how they want to play the game so mm-hmm. so I don't know it, again like I say a lot of this shit been going on for so long man a lot of people waking up now cell phone error a lot of people exposing shit some of them exposing shit by accident yeah and it's changing the game the whole landscape is changing like we said you know what i'm saying It's, it's it's a whole it's a whole different thing now so either they're gonna get ready and evolve along with the way times are going or they're gonna start knocking people out straight genocide because they don't want to change what they created it's probably where corona came from but we ain't finna talk about all that shit but anyway <laughs> <laughs> hey because genocide hey genocide is a motherfucker and they've been talking about genocide in america for a long long time bro. yeah i mean there's things going on that 
um, really made me wonder because like we don't have evidence exactly of what's happening. But seeing stuff like in Portland where like people are just getting kidnapped, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like that's just crazy. Like the black men that have supposedly committed suicide by hanging themselves, Man. like in public. Like, I don't believe that shit. I don't either, bro. Like, ain't nothing that bad right now where, like, it's too many guns floating around. It's too many uh, perks and, and, and fucking lean and all this kind of shit that young black people can use to overdose on to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all kinds of shit, man. Like, God rest his soul. I had a homeboy named Mickey, man, he, and he was gay. You know what I'm saying? I always say I, I would never hide his truth, but... He was a homeboy, man. He was like, actually, he became my homeboy because he was my supervisor at a job. And um, he killed himself on Facebook Live. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't hang himself. He ain't stabbed himself. No, he, he took some liquid morphine. I don't even know how the hell he got that shit. But he drunk it on Facebook Live and laid there and died. So it's like, it's like, why would somebody climb up a tree and kill themselves? And they got so many other avenues right now. Yeah. And the fact that it happened... Like, if it happened once, I probably would be like, mm, all right, whatever. But then it happened again, and then again, and then again, and then again, and then again. It's like, hold up now. I don't believe all these folks to commit suicide like this. I don't right, believe. right. I don't either, bro. And and it's, it's kind of, um, I don't know. It's disappointing. I'll just say it like that, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's disappointing, man, because it's just like, we focus on so many different distractions, man, that they still get away with. It, it, it's like it's like if you steal an apple and think you walked away, but when you get to where you at and get through eating that apple, you realize your wallet gone. So, mm-hmm. it's, so it's like we fighting for George Floyd. We got the whole world protesting in all countries. Everybody's divided. All kinds of shit is going on, but yet certain people, and we don't know why, or coming up missing and getting snatched off the street. People are getting hung in trees. They're like It's like there's a motive that we missing and, or, or not a motive, it's more like it's something happening that we're not focusing on because yeah, we're tripping, I, I we're feel like off other shit. Some folks can feel like it's open season for niggas. Like, and it basically, you can tell like this person probably got caught alone, you know what I'm saying? Like where they didn't have no type of help available to them, right? Um, and some folks did them in. Yeah, I mean that's that's always possible, man. I believe in the men in black. I believe in all of that shit, man, because I don't feel like there's an actual individual sitting down creating movies with no experience. You know what I'm saying? You know, how, you know how hard it is to write a verse to a song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got motherfuckers that take six months to write an album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six months to write an album, a year to complete it because they still got to record. But you got people out here that can write a whole movie about men that are extinguishing aliens and different stuff like that in full detail. And it's just a movie. It's just a thought. It's nothing nobody tripped off of. You got people out here doing entire series like Harry Potter. You understand what I'm saying? Creating whole countries and and names and, and, and boundaries and all kinds of shit and making the series up to 11 and 12 different books but it's just a thought in her head you know she just let the thought evolve man come on man I don't believe that bullshit there ain't no such thing as consequences man like people know shit that we don't know you know I, mean, I think people do know stuff that we don't know but I also think it's usually not hard to create those kind of a story 
um, like it takes time, but the idea is that you're not making something that doesn't exist, so to speak. So like, as an example, um, there's no such thing as a golden mountain, right? Right, absolutely. But if I tell you like, picture a golden mountain, you can picture it. And that's all what most of these stories are, is like you're taking things that already exist and you're kind of changing a few attributes or whatever, you're swapping some stuff here and there, and now you have something that looks totally different. Okay, I mean, I get that part, but what I'm saying is, what brings that thought about? What what brings that go? What have you seen in your life? What have you been told? What, what experience have you had that even brought that golden mountain into your mindset? That's what I'm saying. Like mine, mine goes a little bit deeper than just thinking of a magical place to go ride a roller coaster. I'm mm-hmm. saying, I'm saying, like if a person creates a theme park, what gave him that inspiration to create those rides? What gave him that inspiration to say, "I want this entire neighborhood. I gotta buy the whole block in order for this to work." Like, like I want the intricate details. I want to know what made you come to these decisions because everybody don't think like that you know what i'm saying like everybody don't trip off of that type of shit um i mean i I think you probably have to ask them like i think some people are more creative than others yeah yeah i um, I get that for whatever reason you know yeah yeah um i think people base their stuff on like experiences that they've had like there's no such thing as an original thought like every thought that you have is somewhat derived from something else that you've already experienced. And you know? I, I absolutely 198% agree with that. Um, so sometimes it just depends on like where that person has been, you know, what kind of things they've been exposed to, to where they got, you know, the ideas from originally. Um, but it, it is something I think that's worth exploring, you know, talking to people who have created like this huge body of work, you know, like where did you get your inspiration from? Like where did you get yeah. these ideas from in the first place? Right, right. And I and I and I agree I agree with what you're saying. I really do. So I guess um I guess I guess the way that I will put it would be like six or seven people could say to you, oh man, Joshua man, I love your podcast, bro. That mug is nice. Hey, and that topic on this, oh yeah, that was cold, man. This, that and the other. And I like this, I like that. And you will take those compliments, but in the back of your mind, you saying to yourself, you don't know what I went through to get that guest to finally appear and this, that, and the other, or mm-hmm. man, you don't know how long it took me to sit down and write that damn show because that topic was crazy. And then it kept changing every day. Like, like it's, it's like, like they, they happy with what you did, but they don't understand the grind because right, it's a because, lot that goes on because your in the background, process, you know, exactly. Like yeah. no, nobody. Like your thought process goes beyond just the show, and that's what right. I'm, that's what I'm getting at when I say when I say Walt Disney had an idea to create a movie, mm-hmm. but what gave him that idea? And like you just said a few seconds ago, it could be from an experience or whatever. Like like maybe Walt Disney was sitting in a shopping cart back in the four, 1945, and the shopping carts was new. It was something that they never had before, and when he was going down the shopping cart, somehow, some way it got loose and it went too fast and he couldn't control it, but the wind hit him and he loved it. That would be yeah. his, that would be his story. And he said, I had to figure out a way that everybody could experience that. And this is how I created my first roller coaster. So yeah, it's a backstory. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's that's what I was getting at when I was saying, 
you know, those creativities, those thoughts, those movies and all that, where where did those where did those thoughts come from? Walking yeah. dead. Walking dead. I, I hear you. You know, where we get zombies from? You know what I'm saying? And why did the CDC quit? Why did the CDC leave and decide to blow up the whole situation? Well, I think that would happen in real life if you know what I'm saying? If something like mm-hmm. that, if something like that really occurred, I think the CDC would actually blow up that whole neighborhood and that block to get rid of all the viruses and all the, you know what I'm saying, all the the contaminants and things that they've been working on over the last hundred years. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'd be thinking like that's got to be a thought process by somebody that's smart as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Just just sitting down saying, hey man, let's incorporate this into the movie and put this because I know this is going to happen and I know that's going to happen. That, that shit is exciting. It's intriguing to me, is what I'm saying. It's, it's interesting. I mean, most stuff like, if you've seen like one type of movie, you've kind of seen all of them because usually they have like the same base principle, like like zombies for instance, whatever, right? Right, right. Like, everyone has zombies that work kind of the same way they, they were dead now they're kind of dead you know they're usually hard to kill you actually have like a headshot or something like that to kill them yeah. um and so basically no one's like let me redefine what a zombie means like people pretty much just take the same idea and run with it you know and they just change the story a little bit change the characters a little bit i, I agree with that um but it's similar to real life though like there's things that we're seeing now both in you know in our personal lives and we look at the world in general like most of stuff's not new it just looks different you know you just have cameras to record it but right this shit's not new like this shit been happening do you do you think that it's an actual possibility that we could experience something like um like uh the zombie type of the zombie type apocalypse and everything i think at some point it will be an apocalypse i don't know if it'll be zombies per se uh-huh. um but when you look at how people have reacted to this particular virus um and how hard it was to contain it in places like america yeah. versus somewhere like uh europe or whatever where they pretty much were like everybody's on lockdown right right um if there were to be a virus that was more contagious it's like this particular virus if you're not in proximity of that person you're not going to get it like if you're not touching that person or like that person not breathing on you you're not going to get it from them right. if there was a more contagious virus though um i could see things getting way worse way faster you know yeah i could agree with that i could agree with that because it, it, it i think it could happen i'm not gonna lie i really do and i see <laughs> Dude laughed at me on Twitter, man, the other day. <laughs> he, he, hey, man, we was we was conversating on Twitter, bro. They had me crying, man. I swear, I had tears in my eyes. I was laughing so hard because I had put on Twitter. I said I was like, the flu vaccine is coming. I was like, but we still got COVID nineteen. I was like, at some point, they gonna guinea pig this shit and they gonna inject that flu virus with that COVID-19, I mean, that, that flu vaccine, with that COVID-19 vaccine, and try to create one strong, more powerful vaccine to stop all of that shit. And I think that shit gonna fucking start bringing dead people back. 
like it's gonna fuck around and, and heat your ass up through a fever like all they have to do is create something that strong and that powerful and then accidentally put a live portion of the virus inside of the vaccine like they do the flu vaccine or they, mm-hmm. they say they put the, the actual flu in there and all that shit yeah I think that shit gonna heat your ass up you gonna you gonna fucking conk out from a fever and all that and wait right the fuck back up <laughs> and they ain't gonna know what to do and I think they're gonna make it mandatory for the healthcare workers because you know, they health care workers and they want them to be um, healthiest to take care of people. And that shit going to backfire. I think the first set of vaccines will probably not be that great. Yeah. Um, like, I know that they're starting testing um, actually in a few days. Um, they're supposed to have like a thousand people that are going to test on. Yeah, but. Um, the problem is that like a thousand, testing on a thousand people versus the billions of people in the world, um, there's almost always gonna be side effects that they just don't see coming. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Uh, so it, it's gonna be interesting to see how effective it'll be because like, they have something that works, but they don't know what happens to the human when that human starts taking that stuff or whatever. You know? Yeah, I um, think I think it's gonna be a, a much it's gonna be much longer before, like a longer time before they actually can give it to a human and make sure it works. Cause I think they only tested in like rats, wasn't it? Wasn't it just the rats they tested the vaccine in? So right, that's what I'm saying. Like they haven't tested humans yet, but right. they're going to start testing uh, at the beginning of August. Oh, okay. So they did set a date. I know the last time I had checked it out and I was reading it in, I think I was on Google or maybe, I don't know, but the last time I read it, they said that they hadn't had a date. Trump hadn't said a date yet and all that shit. They just mm-hmm. they knew they had a vaccine that worked in mice or rats or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah but we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, you gonna um, take it? You gonna get the vaccine? I, I ain't gonna be one of the, the first thousand. <laughs> no, uh, I ain't taking that shit. All them commercials, know. like all the time. Have you or, or a loved one ever taken whatever, whatever? Right. So you may be tired to conversation. <laughs> It's like, yeah, man, like they give out this medicine oh, too early. Oh, no, man, that's funny. And then people have like all types of shit, like internal bleeding or yeah. uh, increased suicidal <laughs> thoughts. It's like, wait a minute. So I, I take this medicine and now I want to kill myself. Syndrome. Yeah, that shit oh, crazy. Hey, that is crazy, man. It'd be like cures headache, but uh, has suicidal thoughts and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, itchy toenails and shit. I don't know, man. I, I'm cool, man. I ain't taking this shit. I'm straight out. Yeah. I'll thug it out, bro. I'm, I'm good, man. Like, if it don't work for me, I had a great run. Knock on wood. You know, I know, right? Like, but, some of the medicine, the side effects are like, I saw one for asthma, right? And the side effect was uh, difficulty breathing. And I'm like, the reason you take medicine for asthma is because you have difficulty breathing. They would tell you the side effect is difficulty breathing. Like, come on, bro. Oh, man. Come on, man. Stop it. That's fucked up. That's- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's the, oh, my God, bro. Like, the reason I take this shit is like, I can't right. breathe. You hear me? You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, I put the CPAP on and it took my breath away. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's crazy, bro. Oh, man, I love it. That's fucked up. I, but they do. You're right, man. A lot of the medications have them crazy side effects. You know what I'm saying? You know, 
get you some z quill and then in the little small print it say will cause a horrendous nightmares and sleep right <laughs> <laughs> you don't kill eight people by 9 a.m you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, uh-uh, i'm cool man i'm just like I just smoke this little blunt and doze off when I do. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, hey, man, hey, it's been real, bro. I got one more question for you, man. Um, so tell me, um, what's the next move in your world, bro? Like, uh, what do the future hold for Joshua and uh, Self Shoots from the Hip podcast? Man, uh, more collaborations. Um, That's what's up. Like, I... I have some scheduled for this week that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, like in order to get guests, you have to just book a lot of them because a lot of people flake for whatever reason. You know, some people just don't want to do it. Yeah. Maybe other things come up. You Might know, tired or something. Yeah, I got. Um, yes, yeah, so you kind of have to overbook in order yeah. to actually get um, a sufficient number of guests or whatever. Right. I'm, I'm excited about that. You know. Okay. Um, and you know, working on getting a house in my my real life so uh those two things are keeping me busy you know yeah yeah that's what's up that's what's up man yeah and i hope you uh get it worked out bro over there get your daddy thing on you know what i'm saying um when it come it come man just like life happening you know what i'm saying and enjoy the ride right, yeah just enjoy yourself you know because yeah yeah i mean of, of the things like the goals I've had in my life, this is probably the most fun. Um, just doing the, the grind up to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it is. Most of the time, man, the grind is what makes the hustle what it is. So, yeah. hey, I, I, I can respect that, you know? Well, um, i tell you what, man, before we go, go ahead and tell everybody how they can find you, man. You know, your your Instagram, your Twitter, all that, man. Go and drop that knowledge. And y'all can find me on Twitter at Self Shoots. Um, I'm on Instagram at Magus of the M. My podcast is Self Shoots from the Hip, which you can find on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Hey, you've been a great guest, man. I appreciate your time today. Um, hey, peace and love to you and your family, bro. Uh, wear a mask, wash your hands, bro. Stay healthy. Stay, stay <laughs> yeah, safe. Man, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been for great. Sure, man. Hey, it is what it is. It's your big homie, man, Bobby Dollars. I appreciate y'all, man. And this has been the Bobby Dollars Show. All right, that's what's up.